Hey everyone, and welcome to the Engineer of What podcast, where we talk everything from engineering to water. That's right, everything in between. Uh, this week you have myself, Nathan, and my good friend, Rick. What up? Rick, how is it going? I know that I've been texting you nonstop for the past hour because of how crazy it's gone, but yes. we'll start with you. How you doing? Doing all right. You know, um, it's been a kind of slow two weeks, actually, since our last podcast, surprisingly. Um, but starting to pick up now. Uh, today I got invited to a focus group for the company, which uh, is focusing on having the younger talent that has just gotten to the company or has been there for a couple of years, uh, trying to help them figure out, you know, different perspectives uh, of doing things. Uh, so hopefully that'll that'll be fun. Hopefully I can get them to use Slack and Trello. But who knows? Are you on? Uh, are you on the focus group? Because you're also what they would call one of the youngins. Yeah, there's there's only seven of us. Um, so I guess it was just like a select few. Not re- not really sure how that worked. But the CEO was just uh, sending emails like, "All right, guys, we're going to start doing this once a month." So, hey, oh, I'm, I'll take it. <laughs> but past that, I mean, not not much. Just uh, doing the thing, work, grind, um, yeah. you know. I'm in the same thing. These past two weeks have been slow, but busy at the same time. Yeah, it's which a weird sucks because yeah. it's like uh, my weeks have been slower than normal, but mm-hmm. I haven't been enjoying how slow it's been. It's just been oh, I hate slow. It. Yeah, yeah. There's but no. It's like, also, I don't have like real work to do. I have like work, but I don't have you know the work I would consider fun yeah. or interesting. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to think what I've done this past two weeks that you don't know about. One. I moved back out to Nassau, just out of the blue. Yeah, is that in that uh, house, that, uh, the log cabin looking thing? No. No? No, 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 no. Okay, no? No, we're not in a house. We're in an apartment. Here's okay. the thing. Yeah. Long story short, our downstairs neighbor, we got so fed up with because she just hated animals and lived in an apartment complex that is the only one in Albany that allows dogs. <laughs> uh, got so fed up with her, I ended up moving into an apartment that my parents own, which is super dope because there's so much stuff and it's like the equivalent of renting a house. So right. we're all to ourselves. I'm back out in Nassau and it was literally got fed up with her on Thursday and we're like, all right, we're moving this weekend. And I moved in Saturday. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so busy but uh all for the best things are going well you know for example we're recording this right now and the dog is somewhere in the house i have absolutely no idea okay but it doesn't matter which is great (laughs) so i did that um installed an electric fence of course that had to go along Mm -hmm. with it so invisible fence invisible fence yep invisible electric fence because the first two days we were here she ran away not once not twice three times Oh my gosh. She just wants to And I'm not talking yeah, and I'm not talking like, oh, let me go run on my next door neighbor's porch or let me go do this. It's like twenty five minutes of finding where she is in the town of Nassau. Oh good lord. Yeah. So it was not like a fun type of runaway where it's like, Oh, you're in the backyard outside the boundary, let's get back over here. It's like an Olympic dog full sprint, you know the kind I'm talking about when they're real muscle and it's got the two legs in the front and they're just like pile driving it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, to the other side of town. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. Very real. So I I've, I've, haven't gone to the gym in a week because I've been doing my cardio like no one's business. Right. So That's fair. I'm, 
I'm good with that. But <laughs> um, other than that, I don't have much else going on other than enjoying life. Ricky, are you drinking a beer right now? I am drinking some hard cider, actually. Ooh, we're trading this today because I'm drinking um, all day IPA from Founders, from which founders. is pretty good for Cumberland That's Farms. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to remember if I've uh, tasted Founders before. Hmm. You probably have. They're they're up here all over the place. I'm sure. Well, I really was. I really didn't live up there uh, before I was 21, actually, because I yeah, was that's, college. That's and then after true. college, I came up there for like a few months, and then off to Maryland. So, hmm. Very but yeah, true. I got a I got Jack's breakfast cider. It's a uh, maple coffee and bourbon aged cider. Super good. Absolutely. I love anything with bourbon mixed into it. Oh, it's so good. Bourbon and by itself, I have a little trouble with. I will admit, I have to mix it with mm-hmm. something. It's a good, it's a good drink, but it's not quite right. for me. But I love, you know, cider with bourbon. Um, they make this other type of ale that's with bourbon. Um, super yeah, good. Yep. They they do. Super There's good. a lot of different ales that actually are starting to do bourbon aged, bourbon barrel aged great. stuff. Yeah, I've tried mead with bourbon, um, bourbon aged mead. That was interesting. Hmm. Um, yeah, this one uh, though is actually from a winery in uh, southern central Pennsylvania, which is uh, it's really good though. Like I wouldn't expect this from a winery, and all their ciders are super super good. Got in a growler because uh, one of my fiance's friends' parents uh, found out that we we're we're getting married, you know, within a year. He's like, all right, you know, what? I'm just gonna get you a growler, the 64 ounce growler. I was like. Oh, okay. I, I, I won't complain. Filled it up with some Hefeweizen for me. So I was like, you know what? Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. I will gladly 64 take 64 ounces of anything I'm okay taking. Uh, yeah, seriously. And it was, it's a super nice growler. It's like this aluminum uh, aluminum construction with a really nice seal on it. And then it has almost like, um, some, you know, like Linex, like yeah. that kind of coating on the outside so it doesn't matter if it gets scratched or anything it's just not going to damage it mm, gotcha so yeah. a reusable one for sure oh absolutely yeah and it, and i've had this cider for over a week now and periodically drinking out of it and still just as fresh as i got it from the tap at my local place i like it yeah it's awesome i like it yeah that's good. I mean, yeah. it sounds like, I mean, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying this beer right now. So the first thing I grabbed when I came home, <laughs> no more, how long we were recording for? Six minutes? No more mm-hmm. than seven minutes ago when I came home did mm-hmm. I grab this beer. Because that's been the type of day. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Also, I, I want to ask, ask about this because I'm seeing it in the show notes and you didn't bring it up. Is yeah. uh, this focus group for improving the company? Yeah. What is with you guys not being able to look at certain screens? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so I kind of mold that all into one. So first part is focus group improving company, and then the second part is I can't, I can't start, I'm sorry not to be able to look at screens unless some sort of um, blue eye filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, Ricky, come on. You're not that old yet. What? Hey, I use, okay, eight hours a day, I'm using blue light filter on my computer because quite frankly, it's just way better. And now I got Mm -hmm. home, hopped on my computer to, my different computer to... Uh, do this podcast and it's just like in my face super bright just like hurting my eyes so yeah okay that's, see that's that's fair now that yeah. you explained it it makes yeah. more sense 
I thought you were saying that you were starting to get old, and now you have to use Flux all the time. Oh, no, I don't have what you're to. Saying is, what you're saying is is that you've already been doing the proper thing by keeping it on all day, every day. Oh, yeah. And you happened to open a machine that did not have it on, and it was yes. like looking into the sun of a million moons. Yes, and that was my brightness at like 50% on my monitor. So, yes. <laughs> I understand now. Yes, yeah. I will agree with you that I also try to keep Flux on or whatever Windows is for... As long as possible, especially yeah. this too, I've noticed. So I have two different machines at work now. Mm-hmm. I have my Windows machine and I have right. my Mac. Yeah. My Windows machine, the monitors are like, okay. They're like office quality. So they're not like spectacular or whatever, but I'll go from coding on there and then I'll just open the MacBook in front of me. And no matter what the brightness is set at, that retina display is like immediately burning the inside of oh, my brain. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Takes me a day and a half to get adjusted to it. So I'm going oh, back gosh. and forth. Having flux on is great. Don't you? Isn't there a blue light filter on? Uh, there is. There is, and I keep turning it off for some things because I have to do some graphic stuff. So I keep uh, yeah. turning it off. So when I go back and forth, it's legitimately like my eyes are like, oh my god. Like, you know. <laughs> takes me yeah. a second but no yeah and, and whenever i go over to my um boss's uh monitors she doesn't have them I'm, and she has her screens 1080p screens typical hd in full brightness no blue light filter i go over there and, and i just get an instant headache and then she gets like migraines in the during the day i'm just like maybe you should uh turn on blue light filter and she had no clue what that was so i had to explain to her and then she finally got f flux um mm. So it, she turned it on a little bit, not enough for my liking. I'm down to like it's getting close to orange, but um, she only turned it on a little bit. It helped for me, and she was like, "Oh wow, that looks really nice." And it's like, "Well, yeah," but hopefully, oh. yeah, that hopefully she'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try and push that a little bit more with her because I can't take it. Oh my goodness, I can't take it. <laughs> Good. Now you got to bring it to the focus group and be like, "Hey, if we don't want to ruin these youngins, F Flux installed by IT automatically." Exactly. Or, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I'm going to be pushing is Trello because I can live without Slack. I can call somebody on the phone. I can email. That's fine. No big deal. But Trello, though, is just such a big help when it comes to project management. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's I bet. Like, Do you guys have any other system that you use? Or Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, because it's like uh, the whole point of the focus group is because the company is made up of a lot of uh, older engineers so rightfully so, they want to figure out, hey, what do these, what do the new people know that we don't, and what do they know for efficiency, and how can we speed things up and you know make more money? Obviously, that's the whole yeah. point. Um, and like me and uh, the other GIS guy, uh, we've been using Trello just to set up different projects. Uh, the one that we're talking about today on this episode, uh, we we've been using Trello, and we invited our division director to it, and. He's, he kind of likes it. I guess he just really doesn't have the time to really dig into it and figure it out, you know, just to see, like, how awesome it is. But I got that you. and Slack. I mean, Slack would be just oh, so much better instead of having to call or email people over right. and over again. It's like, oh, my goodness. Right, right. No, that's fair. But Yeah. Definitely fair. Yeah. But what are you going to do? What do you get? Does your company use anything for... I think uh, we've, we've talked about this multiple times. Yeah, we have. But yeah. just to recap real quick, it all depends on what team you're on. So we use everything oh, okay. from Jira to HipChat to Skype to Teams oh, okay. uh, to Slack, actually. Some guys use Slack. My team specifically, and specifically the development of my office, 
Yeah. We're very heavy on Microsoft Teams. That's where we spend mm-hmm. a lot of our time. So, because it works great, because we have all Microsoft build servers and stuff, so it just right. integrates right in. It's just that makes sense. it's it's easier. I mean, yeah. if you have Office so. three sixty five for everybody, exactly. Outlook, and you, yeah, it's just way better. It automatically integrates with everyone's domain too. So, like adding setting uh, it up was a breeze because everyone was already in the system. So it's just like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna add to Right, know, there Joe's there. So, huh, yep, cool. Anyway, yep, yep. On to our main part of this episode. I know. So, I'm excited because we did. Yes. We purposely, just so everyone knows, we purposely. Ricky mentioned it, and then we stopped all conversations so that we could talk about it on this podcast. I started, Ricky asking, knows, <laughs> I started asking you questions. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. You know what? I'm just going to yeah. wait until Ricky knows have what we're about to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Ricky knows what we're talking about. I have no idea. I have some idea. Yes. But we're basically going to try to solve Ricky's problem over the podcast with me not knowing anything about it. So with yeah. that, Ricky, this there's your introduction. All There's right. Introduction. So as we've been talking about before, we have um, me and the other GIS guy. Shout out to Sean. He's listening now. Uh, he, we were trying to get this GIS website up and running, right? So then clients can sign in. They can see their maps. They can see their layers, blah, 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 do whatever they want with it. They can download mm-hmm. it, query, whole nine yards. Well, we've been going through iteration after iteration. Like, all right, well, what about this? And then we, and then we find a new solution. Oh crap, that looks better. And then this looks better. Blah blah blah. We'll finally come to a head where the uh, management, the CEO of the company. You know, we were in a meeting with uh, him and uh, this uh, another another owner of the company, and they and we're telling them about like yeah what we're trying to do, and then they're saying oh well that would be interesting with. Um, this one client, and then we're both, it has a ton of data, and we're like both looking at each other like, really? We haven't heard about this, you know, being that we're the geospatial people in the company. It would make sense to be like, hey, can we use GIS for this? It would make sense, right? But see, nobody really knows right now, nobody really knows what GIS can do. So the first thing that we tried, to, that they told us to do, all right, hey, make a PowerPoint for, um, for introducing GIS to the company. All right, great, no problem, easy, right? But then I started getting into like, okay, work on this job, um, show us how we can use GIS for this job. Now this job is for a big client um, that they've been gunning for for a while because it's just millions, millions of dollars um, of business that they do. So inevitably, it's that's going to translate into money for us, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the the whole the whole deal is they have. 80 years worth of uh, monitoring uh, and reports, monitoring reports uh, for stormwater outfalls, for air monitoring. Um, they got CAD files. They got maps. Um, they have all I don't, God knows what for other reports. I don't even know. I've just been which told just, that there's, there's yeah, a mind-boggling just, amount. Just for the record, doesn't matter what you keep listing off. 80 years of anything is a lot of data. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. It could be 80 years of me being like, yep, I recorded how tall I was for 80 years. That's a lot of data. That is a lot, a yep. lot of data. So, and now imagine yeah. that Now for uh, discharge reporting for stormwater, it's uh, bi- year, uh, yeah, biannual. So two times a year. Wait, semi-annual. Sorry. Semi-annual. Two times a year. Um and then multiply that by however many years it's been since they were forced to be doing that. So probably 60-ish or so. Um, 
that's just 120 reports right there for one outfall. They have tens of outfalls. Now multiply that by however many manholes they have or how many monitoring points they have. And they've, um, because this is a, uh, a former DuPont site, um, that it has had a lot of contamination on it per, you know, everybody, if you know anything about DuPont back in way back when it's been open since 1913, all right, this one site that they, uh, just acquired, right. And they're putting, uh, titanium dioxide into the ground. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's very, very bad. Essentially, it, bottom line, that's very bad for the environment. And what they've been doing, they've been doing soil borings for years. So, so they have hundreds of soil boring data. Um, and then on top of that, they have runoff data. Then they have, you know, this data, that data, blah, blah, blah. So we're trying to figure out how we can get all this. They don't even have any map, GIS maps over this to begin with. So this is all going to be starting from scratch, mind you, right? Yep, gotcha. Um, so we're going to have to be creating a map. And then for each feature, there's probably going to be uh, polygon features, line features, point features at a very minimum. So with each feature, there's going to be attachments to it. Now, creating features with info for each feature, that's easy. It's just going to be a lot of time, so we're going to get an intern to do it. You know, super. It's super simple, basically. You just have to make sure you're clicking at the right places um, mm -hmm. and putting in the right info. But where the issue comes in is the attachments to all these. So all your reports, which has 80 years times however many reports for how many companies that they have at this place. Um, God knows what else, too. Pictures, PDFs, Word documents, maybe maybe some videos. Who knows? Yep, um, a lot of data. Oh, a lot of data. So, so now, this is a, it's a common theme right there, a lot of data. Lots and lots of data. And... Now, we're trying to come up by Monday. We're recording this on Thursday, so we have Friday's our Sunday to do this, is figure out how to uh, figure out a good way to take all of this and make it searchable, make it be able to be linked to the features um, and be able to be accessed by the client. So okay. from and with that, I think I explained it well enough. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It's very big. It's, that's just and nothing I've ever seen before. Nothing that Sean has ever seen before. Um, nothing that anybody in the company has ever worked with before. You know, people are just mind boggled by how much stuff they have because essentially what they're probably going to give us is just uh, all just a, a big blob of mm -hmm. sort of uh, any something. You know, <laughs> of some of all the PDFs and everything, just give it to us and like, here you go. There could be legal reports in there. There could be everything. So we're gonna have to sift through that. Unless of course you can, you know, if machine learning can do that for us. Um, oh, Ricky. Oh, <laughs> see, now course. this is where you come in. I don't know what's possible. You tell me what's possible. <laughs> so I'm already, my mind is already spinning with the number of ways I could do it, right? The number of ways, cause I'm guessing not only do you have this 80 years worth of data, you want to have either yourself, right? I mean, that's how you make money, either yourself or the client right. mm -hmm. be able to add more data over time. Whether that be automatic or manual input is a conversation for later, but either way, I'm guessing this data is gonna keep evolving. Am I right? Correct, yes, exactly. Okay. It's, gonna be keep, it's gonna be put on every single year because yep. they uh, you know, still have to keep on reporting while we're doing this. Yep, 
So as a as a user, right? So let me just walk this through the final product, what I expect it should look like. If I am using the map and I'm looking through, I should be able to, in theory, click a manhole cover and see everything that's been there for the past 80 years. Is that kind of what we're shooting for here? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and I'm guessing you're talking about some of this. Uh, you want some of it searchable, queryable, that type of data? Yeah, any of the any attachment you would want to be able to search. So, if you wanted to find certain year um, discharge or a certain year NPDES mm. permit, you could start type in nineteen ninety three NPDES, and then ideally, the that report would come up. Any report fitting any uh, document fitting that criteria would pop up. Okay, all right, all right. Hold on thinking this through okay so what i would do you gotta think i'm like i wish i had like a whiteboard in my office right now because i would totally just be standing up drawing stuff on it and be like all right here's what here's yeah all right i feel that yes so without any sort of paper whiteboard anything in front of me this is just all off the top of my head what i would do is see you guys are good at building maps and you know what you're gonna do with maps right so that's a no-brainer that's super easy right attachments are our issue so attachments, you can go a couple ways. Attachments in Azure, I know, are super cheap if you use their cloud storage stuff. Uh, let me see real quick. Because there's, I mean, when you say storage to a cloud provider, they kind of laugh at you and are like, okay, what kind? Because there's, you know, I'm looking at, the, like, there's 10 just in this one system alone, right? So, Dear Lord, okay. What you'd probably want to use is a combination of what's called blob storage Okay. Actually, just blob storage. That's what you want. You want blob storage. Blob storage okay. and maybe archivable storage, right? So when we talk about blob storage, it's um, the official Azure production. With exabytes of capacity and massive scalability, blob storage stores hundreds to billions of objects in hot, cool, and archive tiers. Do you know what that means when I say hot data, cold data, archive data? I'm assuming hot means that it's going to be instant, cool is going to take a little bit, and archivable is going to be like, all right, we're going to, it's going to take a little bit for us to get that. Yeah. And can you okay. also imagine the, uh, have you ever heard, this is like the new term now in cloud technology. It lives on the edge? No, I do not. Okay. I've, so, I've not heard that. So basically, this, this hot, cool archive thing, you can think of like a circle, right? So mm-hmm. imagine a circle. The outside is going to be hot. A little okay. bit inside of that's going to be cool. And then okay. your core is actually going to be the archive. Okay. And what you want is you want all the data that your users are going to access possibly all the time, you know, more frequently. So let's say maybe the past year, two years, maybe for you worth the data you want on that hot tier. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the data that you want them to read right away, really quick. You think they're going to access it, all that stuff. And right. it's on the end because it's on the edge. So basically you'd be like, all right, I'm going to make a query for this data. Azure's not like, oh, it's stored on this other server on this really slow disk because you don't care about it. It's like, not only is this on an SSD drive on the first server you requested from, I also kept it in memory for you. Like, that's how quick. Dear Lord, hot. okay. Yeah, so that's that's on the edge. Like, you make the request, and it's like, oh, I just did this, and just gives you the file right away, like milliseconds. That's okay. on the That's on the edge. Cool is like, hey, you can store it. I might need access to it pretty quick, but I don't know if it will be for like a couple days, a couple months, you know, I don't I don't really know. So that's that's cool. Archive is like, hey, 
I have to keep this data somewhere, but I really don't give a crap where it lives. Right. You know what I mean? Like I have the access to get it, but I mean, if I get it, it's like I'm getting audited and I'm going to spend the money to get it anyway. Okay. Because there's also different pricing. So it's like, right. um, I think archive is actually, this would make sense. Archive is cheaper to store. Right. But if you want to read that file, it's like four times as much. Oh, good Lord. Okay. So that's why you, that's why you got to be smart on like where you put this data. So anyway, blob storage number one. Yes. That's where I would store all these files. Okay. Layer number two is some sort of database structure. So I don't know the exact one that I would use for this. Uh, I just did a project with what's called Cosmos DB. Have you heard of that? No. Okay. So it's Azure's new database service. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's like... 99.9 to some ridiculous percentile of like data just being like ready all the time. Um, That's ridiculous. But what's cool, depending, this might not work for you, but depending on how big your client is, um, you can have data centers across the entire globe, not just the US, the entire globe. And when you save a record, it's available in all those countries in like seconds, like super quick. Lord, so okay. if I'm so if I save something, right, I'm going to save to one data center, which is in, uh, you know, we'll say East US is the data center I chose. Right. But the second I set, save that, if I'm like, it's super cool. I even did this today. You can literally click, okay, I want geo redundancy. And then they show you a map and you're like, I want it here, 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 here. And you click okay. And they're like, okay, it's done. That's it. Your data is migrated. That's so now insane. automatically when I save that data, if someone in Australia tries to request that data, the DNS server is like, oh, you're in Australia, so just hit this server right here, and it's like, boom, there you go. So much less time traveled. Huh. Yeah, we don't need that, because it's just a local client to uh, Delaware. Right. So. so you don't have to use it for geo-redundancy. If you want to use it for just a database, it's still wicked fast. So just okay. keep that in mind. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we're using Cosmos, but you can use any other database out there. The cool thing about Cosmos DB is that if you chose Mongo as the back end for it, it's all... Uh, um, JSON files. So it's super easy to read and manipulate if you ever had to do it by hand. Yeah. So super easy. Okay. The benefit with that too is that uh, Cosmos DB is a database behind an API. So technically you can build a website without a server and just have JavaScript calls to an API that calls your data. Oh, that's cool. Okay. So even less yeah. less servers required. So. so in the future, if we wanted to build on this website that we're trying eventually to do, it would be easier because we have that already set up. It would be. So it's like it's okay. like the equivalent of uh, Cosmos DB is the equivalent of the Firebase database, right? Okay. Where you can just do everything in JavaScript because it's right there. Right. It's the same same equivalent. Right. It's the best way I can compare it. Um, now, so let's say this, right? So I upload a file, and I'm like, okay, here's this file, and it's going with this this manhole cover. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I might want to enter some information about this file, like, hey. It's from 2005, so-and-so was the one to fill it out, uh, whatever data I need. But it's basically some entered data, the point on the map, right? The point on the map that's associated to, and then yeah. the file itself. Right. Essentially, that's all you need. Because then at that point in Esri, you can be like, okay, when I click this, you're going to show a pop-up file, which is going to query my database and say, oh, here's the file that we found. Right. Okay. If the mm -hmm. user then clicks on that file, it can then download it from blob storage. Yeah. So that's how it would work. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, okay. Here's, here's the cool part. You can set up these things called Azure Functions 
Do you know okay. what those are? No, I do not. Enlighten me, please. Okay. Azure functions are so simple and yet can do so much. They can be written from within inside your web browser in the portal. That's how cool they are. It is essentially a function, go figure, that runs oh, really? that yeah, that runs code. Um, but it runs serverless. So basically, uh, they work off triggers, whether this trigger is like run every five minutes, run mm-hmm. off a web request. In our case, we would say when a new file is inserted into blob storage or a new record is inserted into Cosmos DB, you're yeah. going to fire this function. And all it does is on Azure, the reason it's so cheap, which you get 10 million transactions a month for free. Huh. Yeah, we're not 10, <laughs> 10 million. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, or cycles, whatever it is. Either way, you're yeah. not going to hit it. It's it's a ridiculous amount. And even so, I calculate it. If you did a hundred million, so just multiply it by ten, you're paying like twenty bucks. Like it's stupid oh, that's, cheap. That's yeah. That's dirt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the reason it's so cheap is because you don't have a server running twenty four seven. As soon as the function gets called, also I apologize if my dog starts making noise because she just walked in. Um, <laughs> once the Trigger happens. The function basically says, hey, is any server available? One server will be like, yep, I got room. Downloads your couple kilobytes of code, runs the function, and then kills itself, and you never see it again. But you can have this happen across a bunch of servers, a bunch across one server, because you're only paying for CPU cycles. So basically, if your application is only used for two hours out of the day, and you have a crap ton of functions, it'll scale up automatically to handle a million users, and you're only paying for the million users in those two hours. You're not paying for server time all the time for that big thing. So super cool. And in our case, the reason that's helpful is because I'm Ricky. I just made a manhole cover on the map. I have all these files. I drag the file over, create a point on it, okay? I save that record. I don't have to think about anything else. I just click save, and it saves it to Cosmos DB. I then have a function in Azure that triggers automatically based off that insert. And it says, hey, I just saw Ricky that you inserted, entered a point here. So I'm gonna get the point data. I'm gonna get the name of the file. Better yet, I'm gonna go get the blob storage file that I just saved. And uh, cause I'm in Azure, I'm already connected to everything that I have access to cause I'm essentially, you know, operating under super user mode cause I'm running within Azure's environment. Right, I'm right. gonna, if this is an image, let me go run it through their image recognition library and tag all this metadata back to the same document in Cosmos DB. Mm-hmm. If, um, let's see, if I'm in uh, a PDF, maybe I run it through an OCR and then add that on to the document as searchable text that someone can use later on, keywords, all that sort of stuff. Nice, okay. Um, if I'm yeah, that, really cool, yeah. I can use these keywords and metadata and then have an Azure function that runs once every hour, once every night, just depending on how often I upload data, and say, hey, what in Cosmos DB have I not calculated yet? I'll figure out what I haven't you know, fully calculated, and I'll say, hey, guess what? I have 150 images that match the metadata of pothole that's within 50 feet of this manhole cover. So I can make that relation right off the bat, and that's where you can use machine learning to just automatically do all that stuff. Okay, so yep. Let, let's unpack all of that a little bit here, okay? Just so I have, I just have, just so I have it straight. All right, so we won't be having Azure linked to the uh, um, to the 
actual web map on Esri ArcGIS Online. We'll just be having it. Um, we'll just have it uploaded so basically what we're going to I don't know if this is the correct way of doing it but we're going to have to go through all their data and see what we need and don't need now is that mm-hmm. something that we can automate or is so what would what would be an example of something you do need versus something you don't need um, we don't need so they're going to they might here's one thing that we don't know what's going to happen with this is they might be giving us legal records they might just give us you know Here's one big folder on a USB drive. Figure mm-hmm. it out, upload what's needed, get, and just don't do anything with what you don't need. Yep. Now, we don't know. We don't know what's going to be on there. It could be. It, they could already have it sectioned off. They could might not. So, is there a way for us to delineate if we can like? You can do a couple know. things. Yeah, okay. yeah. So here's so here's an, an easy example right off the bat. Let's say uh, in this folder. There's a bunch of PDF documents that I need, right? And they all happen to come uh, with the same letterhead and have all this stuff. So they're pretty similar, right, in how they look. Right. They're an official yeah. document, and I only need those uploaded to this one thing, but I don't need anything else. Yeah. Azure lets you... The, the common scenario or the, the model project that everyone uses to play around with it is called Hot Dog or Not. Basically, you upload a bunch of images of a hot dog, train an image model and then like try to upload a picture of a banana through your app. And it's like, Oh, this isn't a hot dog. Okay. So you can, so basically the equivalent would be in your case, Hey, I have this letterhead that I know we're going to use. It's basically, I can determine that the top section of this page will 99, you know, 90% be always the same. So I'm going to upload maybe 50 of those images right to Azure. And then you can upload the next, I don't know, thousand i mean 80 years you know bunch of data yeah. and it would say hey these 300 match the letterhead these 700 don't okay and you could just have it process automatically so you can train images like that where if you have a bunch of the same thing that you're trying to look for you up i to get a really good model you need a bunch of images but you can actually do it with just five okay now what about pdfs with that I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Because you could, if I mean, essentially you'd convert these PDF to images and then they'd do the same thing. And you can convert PDF through images with Azure Functions because they're super cheap. Okay, perfect. Okay, so we're going to, so let's say we upload it and then we run it through. Now we need to take what we have and then section it off into, so what, okay, preface that. We're gonna, what I'm thinking right now is that for each feature, when you click on it, if it has any attachments to it, so any PDFs or images, mm-hmm. um, it would be it would just link to a folder, and then in that folder would have everything that contains that. Is that something that's possible? You could. Here's something even okay. better. Even better. Okay. Even so, better. All right. So yeah, you don't. You, like you, hear. you don't need a server, right? With Azure yes. Functions, it's serverless. Yep. You can trigger an Azure Functions through an HTTP call. So what you can essentially do, right, just throwing this out here, what you could okay. do is have an Azure function up in the cloud. Just Azure gives you a URL, excuse me, uh, gives you a URL, and you can have a bunch of parameters at the end of it. So what I would do is with Esri, I don't know exactly how this part of Esri works, so you have to correct me, but if I can click a feature in Esri mm-hmm. and say automatically open a pop-up window with this link, 
I could well, do. What, well, what um, with ArcGIS Online is what we're going to be using. Um, Can when you, you do click that? On a, you, when you click on a feature, it brings up anything that uh, you choose. So it brings up all the infos and including a hyperlink if you want. And then you can click the okay. hyperlink. So if you can control the hyperlink, right? So I would do yes. hyperlink. Okay. And then I would append on, like, let's say the lat long, right? Let's okay. just, that's an, e that's an easy quick start point. Lat long, can, you can put yeah. anything on a map, right? Yeah. So I would do hyperlink, you know, and then lat long just embedded in that hyperlink somewhere. Okay. That will trigger an Azure function to automatically spin up serverless, mind you. So it'll service without a server, just spin up, take those lat long, go through your Cosmos DB. You can run a spatial query that says, hey, what's within 50 feet? What's within 100 feet? Or if you just send it a polygon coordinate, you could say, what's within this polygon? Get all those records back and then have the Azure function return an actual web page, just a simple grid that they can then see the files, the metadata. And if you were really cool and did the image processing thing, you can be like, hey, click here, which would call another Azure function that loads the images with hover points of what's actually in the image are automatically determined by Azure. Wow, okay. I don't think we're gonna need to get that fancy, but that's that's pretty sick. But um, you could go the first part there where you just click the link right. and it brings up a little grid where it's like, hey, here's all the files, you can sort by date, you could do all that stuff. Because Azure Functions can return a web page. Okay, so. so we wouldn't actually have to section everything off into different folders then, is what you're saying? No. No, I would okay. not do that. If you can so do then, it by lat, if you can do it by lat long or spatial reference oh, or whatever, yeah, that's yeah. do it by that. So Cosmos DB supports uh, spatial functions then. Yeah. Uh, Cosmos DB, you can put the lat long. Your Azure okay. function could run your spatial queries. Okay. Because you can pull, you can pull in the Esri DLL and do it that way. Okay. So then you'll okay. So and, then you, and that includes poly, you said polygons also. All right. That's. Yeah, so if you pass uh, polygons, perfect. you can put to a string. It's like an array. Yeah. Uh, I think how it's probably a long thing, but it's a, an array with a mm -hmm. couple variables at the end of it. And then in um, Esri, off the top of my head, it's the namespace Esri ArcGIS Online Geometry. And mm -hmm. you can do geometry engine dot within, and then you put your lat long and then your polygon, and it'll let you know if that lat long is within your polygon. Okay. So then we would have just we, all the the biggest thing that we would have to do is populate those hyperlinks with the different lat longs or uh, polygon. Yeah, arrays. which I would I would theoretically hope Esri could do automatically, right? So if I give a URL and it says like hashtag lat hashtag long, I should be able to say replace those with the lat long. I would hope, uh, but okay. I, I it well, says, it says I mean, Esri, what we so could well actually what we could do is just um, populate two columns, one lat, one long, and then have a... Uh, Python script. Have, well, you have a... Well, actually, in, in uh, Arc Map, you can actually have a calculate function. So then you can actually do like a concatenate. Um, ah, gotcha. Bring everything together and make it a hyperlink. I mean, you could do that. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, something yeah, yeah. That I'm just thinking of because that's a super simple and it'll just... You hit OK, run, and then it'll just run through however, whatever it needs to. So yeah. okay, no, you can totally do that. Yep, man, this is going this is going to be interesting to explain to people who don't know anything. Just so the this cloud. is yes, who don't know. <laughs> this is because to them they're you know it's they've they they know Windows Explorer right. They know yep. folders. They know fo uh, folder systems and how everything is sectioned off. 
because sometimes I, I see some people at work that just go folder crazy and just like, really, I have to, I have to go through like 10 different, um, parents just to get to a single file file. It's just ridiculous. But for them to think like, Oh, we don't need to actually do anything. <laughs> so that's, Oh man, that's going to be interesting to say, to figure it out. How yeah. to explain it. But I, I'll figure it out. But the, but the whole point is though, is we won't have to spend time making up stupid folders, having everything linked like that. Right. And st- like, yeah, and storing this data, right? I mean, who right. wants to store eighty gigs worth of data? That's the problem. So this is this is fine if you got PDFs now and then. Your data sizes and get a, get above, let's say, ten gigs. You're you're yeah. kind of okay. 80, 80 years worth of data, you could be looking at anything from a bunch of text files to literally hundreds of gigs. You right. don't want to manage bandwidth and file storage and oh my god, the server crash. But I have backups and I'm paying for those backups. It's like <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah, not worth it. Right. Okay, so Cosmos DB, how are we, how, how is that create, is, is how are we creating that now? So those are something else that you'd probably have to do a little bit of coding. This would be the okay. code, well, theoretically, to save you time, you can do coding. You could do it by hand and just log into the portal, write some JSON and be like, all right, uh, open bracket, lat, colon, here's the lat, long, here's the, you right. know, you could, you could do it that way. But okay. theoretically, you want to build a simple JavaScript page just to insert your form, right? Simple enough. Nothing, nothing complex because right. Azure's doing all the work for you. So what I would do is I would build yet another Azure function because let's just go serverless while we're at it. Just no, yes. nothing running right? Um, that I could enter in and it would bring up a blank form. At this point, with this form, I could say, here's the lat, here's the long, here's some information about the document. I'm going to attach the file and click upload. And then, boom, you can go on to the next one automatically. It would automatically upload it to Cosmos, automatically upload the file to blob storage and link it to Cosmos. And then while you're entering the next document, another Azure function was like, oh, you just inserted a new record. So let me go process that through AI. Done. Okay. So... With each record, then we're gonna have to hand do it. Is what it, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. So it's I don't know how the data looks. So you can you can build an import script. Don't get me wrong. You totally okay. could. You could say I'm gonna mass upload all these files, and you're gonna try to find the metadata of the file or something in it, and try to do it as close as you can. I the only thing I'm I'm, I'm iffy on is how you're gonna do the lat long, unless you can batch it by uh, okay. area. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the hard part because there's probably gonna be nothing on there other than like a handwritten address okay. that'll be yeah. where it is. You know what I mean? That's that's the single hardest part in this mm. is linking that document to a point on the map. If you can do that, you could theoretically figure out everything else pretty close and be okay. Yeah. Okay. Huh. All right. I'm just trying to like, how would we do that? Hopefully they give like, you stu- hopefully they give you the documents like linked at least by area. You know right. What I this mean? is this is all assuming worst case scenario they just give us right. a bunch just of a crap bunch of that stuff. We have yeah, that exactly. they just like we have no clue what's going on here. You figure it out. Exactly. Know? That's worst case. Exactly. Best case yep. is like they have everything sectioned off by manhole, by area, by company, something right. like that. So maybe even another that, database you could just import in, just throwing that out there. Who knows? But 
Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. I don't think that's going to happen. Last I heard, they have an FTP site that we're supposed to download all everything from. Oh, it's going to be an absolute crap fest of <laughs> naming something something. Oh, yep. have fun. Uh-huh, Ooh. yeah. Oh. This is why we have interns. <laughs> when someone says they manage 80 years worth of data with FTP, you just put your head down and are like, oh, my God. Oh, Intern. Oh, sweet summer, sweet Intern, summer child. Hey. Oh, boy. Yeah. Get over here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, Okay. I mean, we're, I'm going to have to be clear. I'm going to have to ask you more clarifications on this, but I think I have a good, uh, good grasp on what we're going to be doing now. But I think I'm going to. I might have to run it through with you again. <laughs> yeah, we can do it offline. Uh, we and we can talk some more, and we'll yeah. on our next episode give a follow up of our final plan and and how right. that went. Right. However, how did I do so far with not knowing anything and just shooting cloud off at you left and right? I mean. That's gonna save us. I don't know how many hours. All right. Do you want to hear what the um, what our bo- me and Sean's boss uh, workflow was? All right. No. Yeah, I do. No, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Just to give you an idea of where we're coming from here. Okay. Um, so, do you know you know the difference between organizational and public accounts for Azure, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, well. Uh, organizational, you can do apps and you can do web app builder. You can do all these fun things, right? Mm-hmm. So with a public account, you can't do any of that. Yep. And what he was thinking, do a public account um, just so then that way we can, you know, you, all we need to get is the features on the map and that's that basically. But me and yep. Sean were like, eh, no, that's not going to work out because they're going to want to do stuff, especially if in the future they want to do survey one, two, three, um, or if they want to do workforce or if they want to do this or that, you know, any of the multitude of Esri apps out there currently, um, then they're going to need an organizational account. So why don't you just start, start them off? It's 500 bucks. No brainer, right? That's yeah. it's chump Not change bad. to these people. Yeah. Yep. Um, you're passing that off anyway. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Pass their costs. So, his idea for doing all the files was Google Drive. No. And, nope. Hang on, hang, hang, nope. on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And then putting it all on Google Drive, putting it into folders, and then getting a Google Drive link, and then putting Google Drive link onto the feature. No. <laughs> did I? Did I just uh, no. make you cry a little? I'm gonna bit, just keep saying no. Cause like, no. cause you got you got problems, right? Okay. So we we yeah. in our whole architecture here, R supports it. We didn't even talk about making sure that these files aren't open to the public, right? You need some layer of authentication here, right? Something that says, hey, I guess what I found out what the link was and I entered a lat long and got eighty years worth of legal records. No, 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 no. Right, right. Google Drive's the same thing, cause unless you force this, you know company that's going to spend all this money, you're going to be like, hey, you have to create a like a Google account and sign in with your, your Gmail so that you can access this file. But you all got to share the same one so that we don't have to go through and change permission. You know what I mean? That doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, don't want to do gonna, that. No, that's not, not going to fly. fly. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Now, okay. So now authentication, actually, that's a whole different issue. I mean, is there anything that, that we'll be able to – now, I, I know you're talking about Google Firebase for logins. I was looking at that. That's pretty sweet to and easy to use. Yeah, you um, can do. You can. Azure's got a thing too. They got their own identity provider. You could. You could do stuff through that. Uh, if, you could do some fancy stuff uh, where if they already have to log into Esri, yeah. you could try to snag 
that login when it passes it to the Azure function. Yeah. And if it detects that you came from Esri and were logged in, then you get to see the data. If you weren't Ooh, previously okay. logged into Esri, then you're then you can't do it. But okay. you might be able to do something fancy there. Yeah. Well, or could you do it from if from a certain um, URL? So oh, such as IP address blocked for sure. Yep. So like for instance, um, uh, whatever project dot maps If it's from yep. this URL. And yep. that's where the redirect is coming from, then it's good. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. That's 100%. because what they're going to do is they're going to have one Esri account for all of this. Um, and well, have you heard of Esri uh, AEC? It just came out like a month no, ago. No, I haven't. Okay, so it's basically what everybody has been asking for in the engineering community from, uh, from Esri. And yeah. basically, so that it's an easy way for us to talk to our clients and give them a unique login to the data that we create for them. Gotcha. So, it, it that's that's where it, it would be better. But at this point, just give them an org account, and then later on we can do whatever. Yeah. You know? But yep. okay. Yeah, you can do it. Like I just like if you go to. Uh, I mean, I'll send you, I will put the link in the show notes with it, but yep. you can, you can literally every web request you make through the browser has a, what's called a refer header. And that basically is like, here's the last URL of what I had before I clicked this link. Okay. So that's how you would do it. Cool. All right. All right. Awesome. So that was, that, that was interesting. I'll give you, that was, that was a real quick session of how you solve a multi-million dollar project in under 30 minutes. Quick and bum, dirty. Bum, bum. Yeah. Like really that. quick and dirty. All That's right. not the, by all the final plan, but what is supported. Oh, gosh, so, no. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I want to start wrapping up this week. Yes. I know we'll, we'll probably keep this conversation going because big yes. projects deserve more than one episode. Look for so, a blog post from me. Uh, yes. That I will be doing what all of our iterations were and what we tried and what didn't work and what all of our challenges were just so then if anybody else is trying to do this, there you go. We'll do all the work for you, Ricky yes. and Nate. Bada yes. boom. So... For everyone listening, be sure you go to theengineeroofwhat.com. That way you can pay attention to upcoming episodes about this, blog posts about this. Uh, take your friend's phone, subscribe, iTunes, Google, Overcast, Podomatic, Spotify. I just had to do all these over again, so there's a bunch of them out there. Tune in. You can follow us on Twitter. Yeah, tune in. You can follow us on Twitter, at engineerofwhat. Email us, info at theengineeroofwhat.com. Uh, but I think that's all we have for this week. So for this yeah. week, this is Nathan. This is Rick. Thanks for listening.